told you a thing about the hello lamely and now I know, it's <laughs> it all entered my head while i was saying <laughs> i was just telling posh before about how when i edit our audio together that i can hear myself saying hello lamely in his headphone because <laughs> i'm so loud <laughs> and that's how i sync up our vocal tracks anyway uh welcome to me i have a memoir the meaning of the meaning of mariah carey there's no meaning of mariah carey this week because we're going to the the source the essence we are going to listen the to one of her albums <laughs> we're gonna listen to uh daydream the patrillion selling album <laughs> I've made up a number, That's a real um, number. you know, to go with Mariah's lack of maths. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as we do in these these album recaps, uh, well, not really recaps, they're reviews, they're deep dives. So we just break it on down. That's all we do here. Are you prepared to break it? Me? What am I breaking? Well, the, the album, okay. on down. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> The, the triple DP was last week. Yeah, we're broken. <laughs> yeah, we're done, this darling. Is, we're doing this album instead of the, the book because we need time to heal from yes. the triple DP. <laughs> okay, breaking me on down. Breaking me on down. All right, I mean, we kid, but there, there may be some triple DPs in this album oh, review because, darling. So we are reviewing A Daydream. We have 12 mm-hmm. tracks released October 3rd, 1995. We sold over 20 million copies. Mariah's highest seller in the US by the looks of it. So even oh. though Music Box seems to have sold 28 million, I think it was a bit worldwide. more international. Yes. It was worldwide. Whereas it seems that it's the highest seller for Mariah in the United States. It was number one in the US. Domestic. It was um, number one in the US and number one in, in Australia. We were correct in that. Yes, um, we loved And about it. a million other places, of course. So are we ready to get into the first song? Because we, I think we might be on this first song for a while. Track one, Fantasy, written by <laughs> Mariah Carey. And then we've got a few sort of sample people. So Chris France, Tina Weymouth, mm. Adrian Bellow? Bellow, Bellow. He sure did. Um, Stephen Stanley <laughs> and Dave Hall. Um, so we, Dave Hall was the one she did Dream Lover with. Yes. And I think all the rest are the Tom Tom Club. Perfect. Um, so it did sample the Tom Tom Club's <laughs> 1981 song, Genius of a Love. Was Which produced. is a great song. See, I don't know this song, but I may oh. have to now. But we do. I have some tea about this song oh, that I found tea. in my Spill it. research. Spill it. Okay, so um, firstly, I should add that it was produced by Sean P. Puff Diddy Daddy Cones. <laughs> And was a US and Australian number one. All right, so let's smash through all of this and then we can discuss. So Fantasy became the second song in Billboard history and the first by female to debut atop mm. the Billboard Hot 100. We knew this. It was also the second best-selling single of 1995. Did not Ooh. know that. So this is all uh, little tidbits that I found through research on. There's a, a blog called MariahRecords.com. Um, mm. But there's a bunch of others, so I've kind of pulled it all together. I, no, I think this was Mariah. If I wanted to be cocky, I would say that this song helped pave the way for a specific genre of rap collaborations that followed, and many careers were made on this specific model. <laughs> don't know, don't know who she's talking about there. Um, Dave Hall said, "Mariah, she's a real, she's a real, she's just a real focused person when she's in the studio." That was a sample. She's a real, she's a real <laughs> singer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She, <laughs> she's just a real focused person when she's in the studio. She, she makes sure it's perfect. Her vocals got to be perfect. Some quirky stuff I'm not going to comment on because I still make records for a living. Laughs. Oh. Um, now, 
Corey Rooney was the A&R working for Mariah at this time, or, or of course, Tommy. Mm. And he's built some tea on the ODB that sort of ties in with the book. So I wanted to include this as well. Right. At this point, Mariah had been calling in every hour on the hour, wanting to hear something over the phone. So ODB had come into the studio. Tommy was pissed because Mariah was keeping him up. So he finally got on the phone with ODB. And after that, we finally started to record. So Tommy had to get into it. He's like, just fucking do it. Um, he said, so ODB said one line. Me and Mariah go back like babies with pacifiers. Then paused, said, yo, I need to take a break. And went to sleep for 45 minutes. <laughs> he woke up. He woke up and was like, yo, let me hear what I did so far. We played his one line back. He sang another line or two and then slept for another hour. He would come up with a line, punch that in, go to sleep. He went to sleep three different times in the middle of trying to get that one verse done. If you listen to the record now on his verse, you can hear that it's punched in in pieces. He actually told the engineer, you'll better have your shit set and record it right because I'm not doing it twice. (laughs) (laughs) Then. Oh my God, this song is so good. (laughs) This Corey Rooney, he says, I stayed in the studio until we finished it. So I was sleeping in the studio when Tommy and Mariah called me and said they loved the record. So obviously Tommy didn't. Um, But. Tommy had a bright idea. Let's get ODB back in the studio and instead of just New York in the house, do a line for every city. Mm. I said, you've got to be kidding. (laughs) Because he didn't want him coming back in. But I found that very interesting. I'm like, I wonder if that's true. Maybe in Mariah sort of giving him, you know, showing her excitement and him kind of going, I don't get it, I don't get it. Maybe his way of getting it was to be like, oh, I have an idea for it. Let's make it more global. Don't know. Mariah doesn't mention it. The other thing that I found out is that royalties from this song. So I can't remember where I got this one, but the royalties from this song were a windfall for the Tom Tom Club. Thanks to the genius of Love Love Sample. That group is comprised of drummer Chris France and bass player Tina Weymouth, a Mm. married couple that were in Talking Heads. Fantasy gave them bragging rights over head head. Head, 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 talking head, David Byrne, earning them writing credits on a number one hit, something Byrne never achieved. And that France and Weymouth felt that Byrne downplayed their contributions to the talking heads and didn't give them proper songwriting credits. Boom. All right. So there is so much shade. So much. All tea, all shade, darling. Um, So let's us discuss this song. So my note for this song was I've never heard another song like it. It feels like Mm. we're being reintroduced to Mariah only this time as a young artist. Yeah. Because she's actually doing something that she wants for her age. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's, uh, I mean, you can get, you get that sense from the book that this was her first kind of like jamming in, you know, (laughs) what she wanted as opposed to, what she was allowed to do. So she's, you know, she's she's kind of, yeah, she's she's the closest she got to being urban was maybe some record scratches in the background of Dream Love. <laughs> well, there and was Prisoner. Like, <laughs> well, there was Prisoner. She did get to rap. Yeah. Um, but now she's it? like, no, I got ODB. I'm going for it. I love that that quote about. I don't want to say that I started it, but I started it. <laughs> <laughs> An entire I mean, careers were made. Where of it. would Pitbull be with that that <laughs> other thing if it wasn't for me and ODB? <laughs> oh my god! Mister Worldwide would have no friends. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe Tommy called him and made him be Mister Worldwide. Maybe he was just Mister New York to begin with. <laughs> he was just Mister Around the Corner. He was Mister Block. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, where regular people come from. But yeah, I feel like just listening, even now listening to it, I'm like, there's really nothing like it. I, I don't know. Even the structure of it and the way that Mariah layers her vocals, which is of course something she's always done. But I think this yeah. is when she really started to do it. And every sort of chorus and Adelie is different. It's like, I'm not doing the same thing again. No, darling. Um, yeah. We also, of course, had the videos, which we have also touched on, but I'm like, there is some tea and some shade here as well. Okay. <laughs> 
again, tying into the stories Mariah already told us. So Corey Rooney returns to spill mm. the tea in the show. Um, a week later, it was time to shoot a video. We reached out to him, as in ODB, and he wanted mm. another $15,000. No problem. So I sent a car to his house and he drank every friggin' thing in the limo. <laughs> <laughs> showed us he's I like, love ODB. I, he sounds like me in the 90s. <laughs> showed up at Rye Playland and went to his trailer. I had asked him, Do you need the stylist to buy clothes for you? He said, Nah, this is hip hop. I'm just rocking some jeans and Tim's. That day, he was in the trailer, in and out of consciousness. When I said, We're getting ready to do a scene, he said, I don't got no clothes. How am I going to do a video if I ain't got nothing to wear? I started screaming at him. (laughs) Tommy told us to take my corporate credit card to the mall. ODB disappeared for a minute and we found him in a store trying to buy a Louis Vuitton, sorry, trying to buy Louis Vuitton luggage. He said, I'm going to use it for a scene. He came back to the set with all these bags of Tommy Hilfiger clothing and Timberlands. It was finally time for him to do his scene. And I promise you, he put on a pair of jeans and Tim's and said, I'm not going to wear a shirt. I don't need no clothes. <laughs> I wa- <laughs> He was like, I have an idea. I want to tie the- up the clown. Plus, right. Mariah turned him on to peach schnapps, which she used to always drink. He drank like two bottles of that. So between the hot sun and him drinking two bottles, what a disastrous day that was. The video was a miracle. A real miracle. <laughs> <laughs> a real miracle. <laughs> So, of course, in the OG video, pre-ODB, oh we have... Oh, my God. I <laughs> know. Oh isn't it a dick? Okay, so we have the creepy clown, balloons, Mariah rollerblades, fit Raya, roller coaster, little girl feeling freaky, clown mouth glory hole, parking lot Mariah, um, return of the hip-hop self-defense line dances, tattoo parlor. Glory hole. Mariah, I know. <laughs> it's a clown mouth glory hole. Um, I think Mariah is super brave because I don't know. Have you ever been on a roller coaster? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I loved it. I loved. Oh my coasters. god! So I swore I'd You're never do it. You're not into it. I swore I'd never do it. I'm not a ride person. The ghost train is about as, you know, adventurous as I get. Okay, we even have, there. We, we have established that you you don't like excitement. No. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, I love water slides. I will say I do love a water slide. But I think what you're thinking of is is not a water slide. That's something else. (laughs) (laughs) There are no glory holes at the theme park. Uh, Well, there probably are, actually. Um, But no, no, no. Actual water slides I enjoy. Um, (laughs) But... I was in Queensland and I had had some surgery, so I wasn't actually allowed to go to Wet n Wild or whatever it's called. Um, oh. And so I was with the family. They were like, we'll go to Movie World. I was like, fine. Um, so I went along and my, I suppose he's sort of like my second cousin or something. And um, he, I keep forgetting because he's like six foot two, but he was like 14. Right. And he yeah, wanted to go get, on. They get very big, very quickly. Oh, Yeah. And he wanted to go on the, the roller coasters. And I was like, no. But then I was like, oh, you are 14. So you probably you are should. a little concerned. So I thought, okay. We should let him go on a roller coaster. All right. So love it. Um, both, he, he didn't want to go on without someone. So both his mother and I were like, all right, we'll go together. It can be mm-hmm. like an adventure. But let's go on the smaller one first. And oh then God, if we no. enjoy it, we'll go on the bigger one. You didn't go on the Scooby-Doo spooky coaster thinking it no, was going to be No, no. No, it was the Green Lantern. <laughs> That's not the small one. Wow. So I found That's out. the terrifying one that kept getting broken and people got stuck at the top and had to walk down. Well, only like a few, <laughs> only a little while before, uh, there was some incidents at a local yeah. park. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I'm like, but this was smaller than the one he wanted to go on. Like the one he wanted to go on was like double the size. Oh, was uh, so, that the the one with the Joker's head on it? I think so. It's humongous. I love that one. Um, so anyway, we get on it and we do the thing. And the thing that actually freaked me out wasn't going upside down or going fast. It was that I couldn't see the tracks. So it yeah, legitimately like feels... Big sideways train Yeah, thing. it is yeah. messed up. So going upside down, not an issue. The speed was fine. It was the not being able to see the tracks. And it wasn't until we got to the first drop that I was like, oh, this is fucked up. And so, it's like the whole ride is like 90 seconds. Not even. Right? <laughs> So, we get off it and all three of us were like, oh my God, I feel like I've just been in a car accident. Like it was, you didn't know whether to laugh or cry. But either way, we were like, all right, let's not go on the other one because he was freaked out too. So, I was like, okay, let's not. But you know what? We went on it. 
yay us. Let's go get a photo to com- commemorate this. So we go to the little booth. And the 90 seconds at which we were on this damn ride was the exact 90 seconds that the computer failed and had no photographs. So I can't even prove it other than the scars on my heart. Um, Well, you know what? That's that's $70 you'll never get back. Those photos are not cheap. Oh, really? (laughs) I mean, I would have checked them. If they were unflattering, I wouldn't have used them. They would have been unflattering and you wouldn't have got them. Uh There's no good lighting on a roller coaster. I don't know how Mariah managed that. (laughs) Well, this is what I was going to say. I am impressed that Mariah looks amazing and she actually lip syncs and her face isn't freaking out. Like the wind's not like smooshing her cheeks to one side. (laughs) I I mean, after they would have, you know, had the roller coaster to themselves for much of the day for the film. Yeah. and once you've been on it two or three times, it's like, okay, yeah, I know the bits where I oh, okay. can, I'm, I'll be fine to be having a good time. Oh, still brave. And be pretending. Love I have you. a great photo. I wonder if it's here. I I have that photo of you as your <laughs> contact on <laughs> my phone. <laughs> and Jamie Rowe going, ah! Yeah. <laughs> if you find it, I'll put it on the socials. So what I've wrote about the the video, it's a mm. fun video and I love yeah. that Mariah started to take control. She directed it, mm-hmm. but it is a little still in the direction of some of the earlier videos, particularly Dream Lover. I kind yeah. of thought perhaps Mariah just stole the treatment <laughs> for Dream Lover, swapped the farm for the carnival, and instead Maybe. of riding a instead of riding in a car, she just parked the car. Well, I think, you know, she's still at that point of her career where, you know, she only has so much say. Like, she doesn't have... But she does look like she's having the most fun of the videos so far. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, we had the remix video, which was much the same, except with the addition of ODB and his wig. He's a wig. <laughs> not our green, darling. Um, the clown, the clown is tied up, and I will say the dancing actually fits better in this version than the pop version. I yeah. think because when you take hip hop dancing and put it to a pop song, it looks like line dancing. <laughs> I don't yeah, know it's, why. It's strange, it, but it fitted so much better with the I second one. I suspect that they just played the. The remix? <laughs> they were, yeah. They were only playing the remix when they were filming. And they're like, oh, I'm going to jam this onto the other original one. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we've, only look, one, we've only got one day with ODB. Let's just do it all now. Do it yeah, all now. Quick. <laughs> um, but look, for me, this is you know, quintessential Mariah's classic. And I had to give it an infinity. Oh, infinity off the bat. Posh yeah. finity to begin. I know. Amazing. It is all Amazing. happening. Um, <laughs> so... I love fantasy, but... Oh, no. I prefer remix. Okay. So you weren't sure last time. But I especially prefer the 412 David Morales 14-minute versions. Sweet Dub is one of my favourites, which is just some some groovy electronic piano and Mariah just going... Sweet, sweet, for ages. <laughs> like, just going, you know, there are some lyrics in the song. I'm not going to care about them. <laughs> is this different to the one we get later in the album? Yeah, oh, that's the, that's, that's the sweet fantasy dub. But then there's the one with the alarms going off, which is... What's that one called? I'm writing this down. <laughs> that's just, there's, I don't know. I, hang on, I'll go and get my... Oh, no, they're in another room. I was going to say, I've got like, I think I've got six discs six cd singles of fantasy <laughs> so i don't know which version i prefer but i love them all <laughs> Perfect. because i i do mention some remixes on this in fact in the very next song but mm. i am saving remixes for us to go through them on a particularly special episode a special episode a special of remix hardcore episode. 12 minute remix <laughs> yeah, exactly. that i will talk about for 12 minutes each um right. anyway one of my favourites. It's got it's got alarms going off. It's got it's got some unsa unsa unsa. It's just a sweet sweet. It's just a sweet. It's just a- <laughs> for about like seven minutes, like holding a note, <laughs> like no one's business. Because there's you know as as much as I love her vocals in this song and seeing I don't know if you've seen online this week uh, 
fantasy became like a weird thing turned up online with um someone retweeted a performance by Kelly Rowland singing fantasy with Mariah in the audience. Oh, going, oh yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's um, my song. I don't know who the singer is, but <laughs> and then some she had some rapper come out doing ODB's bit and I was like, yeah, I'm fine with people covering a song, but I'm weird with people covering rap because it feels so idiosyncratic and personal. Well, I mean, you it haven't seen me sing cover it. You haven't seen me sing Shoop. So I have not. let's hold um, off on the judgment. You know what it is? <laughs> I think it's it, it's seeing Mr. Shoe do all those terrible raps in Glee. I'm just like, I don't want to hear rap Oh, I, <laughs> no, I, could, I couldn't do the Glee because I know the that that... explaining of rap. <laughs> well, that, but I, I also know that the, the cast can sing. I know this because I've yeah, heard them the sing. Yeah, the auto-tunes turned... Oh, my <laughs> God. It was so painful. Yeah, because like, they only had I one just... take at it. Like, it's like, we've got to have, it's got to be done this week. We don't have time for you to lay down vocals for a whole day to get oh, it right. Bless. Just, you sing it once and we'll deal with it. <laughs> it just felt like everything had been put through the washing machine with bleach. I couldn't. Yeah, I know. Couldn't do it. Ex- ex- except for Rachel's version of um, that Rihanna song. What's the Rihanna song? The... Bitch Better Have My Money? No, not that one. <laughs> I do love that one. <laughs> I do love that Kelly Clarkson Take did a... Take a bow. A... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kelly Clarkson did a, a cover, but it changed it to Y'all Better Have My Money because it better... needed to be PG. So I know. I know. She's so sweet. <laughs> it was really good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Kelly Rowland singing fantasy this week and, like, you know, doing a decent job, but you just go... Because it seems deceptively easy as a song. Until you've heard the David Morales remix where she's singing a note at the top of her range for about three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> While all the, all the music starts up again. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> it's the best. Her vocals <laughs> shorted us out. Help. <laughs> so I think regular fantasy for me, because I love what it's become in its various other versions, that core song is still very good, but it's on the cusp of infinity. For me, shocking. I am. I am curious as to because uh, I'm sure the Lamley know this, but if you don't, this was my first Mariah album. I know. Um, so there might be a lot of love on this I think, album. I think you have. Uh, I might out- colored glasses. Yeah, I might. <laughs> I might out love you in this. And look, and you know how much I absolutely loved Music Box. Yes. Also, Hectic Inside, one of my favourite lyrics of all time. So <laughs> That's true. You know, there's, yeah. there's a lot. There's, you know, I love fantasy to death, but like the the main non-ODB, non-David Morales version, just on the cusp. Of interesting. Music. Interesting. All right. On to track two, because we've just spent half an hour on airports. I fantasy. know, I told you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> track two, Underneath the Stars, written by Mariah and Snuffleupagus. Now, this one did have a soft release, but didn't really chart. I think it got to like yeah. 69 on the urban r and charts. Um, <laughs> is that what they were doing underneath the stuff? <laughs> yes. Um, now, this is a favourite of Mariah's, often yes. mentioned alongside uh, Vanishing as mm. one of her favourite deep cuts. She wanted to do a mini Ripperton vibe and was upset mm-hmm. that it didn't get a proper release. As people often ask her to do non-traditional ballads, Yes. But the label only wanted her to do traditional yeah. ballads. So the label like, just wanted, please belt for four minutes. And yes. then a bit of breathy at the end. <laughs> now, <laughs> we did, we have discussed the video. I'll just remind people that it was um, only released for recently. MC30. Yes. Yeah. Um, but just to refresh, it did feature Mariah on the grass underneath the stars, mm-hmm. interspersed with footage from live shows and behind many the lamelies. scenes. Many, many lamelies. Now, what's your hot take on underneath the stars? I love Underneath the Stars. I love how sweet it is. I love that it's, um, it kind of walks right up to the edge of being saccharine and cloying. Like it kind of doesn't quite, you know, jump into the syrupy waters. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I really, I think it's so sweet. And it has a very, um, has a very uh, nice Losing My Virginity vibe. Oh, oh my like it God. feels very, you know, oh, this is my moment. I had a really nice time. My first time was amazing. No one's first time is ever amazing, but wouldn't it be nice if it was? <laughs> and it feels like that. It feels like that idealized version of a first time. 
and I kind of like it for that. Like it's a <laughs> it's a safe space. There's so many things going through my head right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the main one is actually that there is a song. I believe it's called "Our First Time." By mm. Bruno Mars. Oh yes. Oh my god! When I heard it, I nearly vomited. It was, was that. Did he so... sing that after I, I think I want to marry you? <laughs> I think so. It was around that. It was definitely around that time. And I just, I think he's so talented. I, 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 I know. I do really like him. But oh my god, I came on at work and I was a barista at the time, mm. and I was like, I want to vomit into my own colon. <laughs> I. It was. Let me. I'm gonna pull these lyrics up. Like, I'm sure it's very nice for whoever he was singing it to, but no one else needs to hear it. No one. Like, imagine if I sang about my first time. Lord! Ugh. No, you've got to be euphemistic about these things. Like, underneath the stars. Drip exactly. Drip drip oh, it's just even the go with it, go with it, go with it, and I will go real slow with it, slow with it. It's no. our first time. It's our first time in the... Clothes are not required for what we got planned. Oh, no. Ooh, Bruno. girl, you're my desire. Your wish is my command. Oh, bro. Like ice cream on a sunny day, gonna eat you before you melt away. I don't think I could have sex with Bruno, mainly because he'd no. need a step later. And of course, he's obvious. <laughs> and also because he sings in that really sort of earnest way. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. no, you're giving me the creeps, go away. Okay, back to Mariah. So this is going to be very unpopular. What? This is not. This is not one of my favorites. It's not your favorite. I have mentioned previously that because it was sitting, it was in the way. It was in the way. It was sitting between Fantasy, which is this upbeat, exciting intro, and then One Sweet Day, which was the biggest song of that year. Yeah, but don't you feel like on a cohesive album you can't go? Like, that's too much of a gear change. You'll ruin the gearbox going from, <laughs> going I'm, from I will the fourth happily, gear right down to first. <laughs> I drive an auto. I'm quite happy to go straight no, to once a day. The auto but still needs to go through second and third Keeping in mind, I was like <laughs> I was like five or six. So, you know, Virginia Under the Stars was not on my mind. Yeah, I guess that was um, not. You weren't, you weren't having those sweet, sweet vibes. About, no. Uh, but I will say I've softened a little bit on it over these moments of mm. reading the book and having re-listens now, because it had been a while since I'd listened to the album in full. Yes. Um, so I went for a score that I feel is respectable. Mm. And so it's a 3.5. Right. But prior to this, from memory alone, it would have been like a 2. So that's a pretty decent jump up. Um, yeah. I think it's that... It's nice. It's not horrible. It's just it never quite sat right in my ear, especially the young love bit. For yeah. some reason, it reminds me of another song, and I don't know what it is, but I don't like that other song. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the main thing it is. And it goes, it's only like three minutes, 34 seconds. It's and really it, sweet. As a child, song. it felt like nine and a half hours. Um, but yeah, I did have, yeah, I did have a quick listen to the Drifting remix, drifting, which drifting, does drifting. work a lot better for me. But I'm going to save that commentary for our remix moments. Yeah. Do you think this but, is because this is your, do you think you just don't like, I think you have, a, I don't think you like Afanasia. I think you've got a problem. Maybe. Well, fair so enough. You seem to really harshly mark him. I mean, after last week's chapter, I'm not on board either. Yeah. Um, if yeah, that it could, was it could be. I mean, obviously, there's some great songs that he's worked on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it could be a little bit. Uh, uh, so I'm just thinking of the meta narrative of the album at this point. So mm-hmm. we've got fantasy dreaming about, you know, maybe doing it one day. <laughs> uh, underneath the stars, our first time we've had a crack and then they're dead in the next song. I know. <laughs> That is a real quick turnaround. <laughs> Wait, so do you have a, a We were underneath score? the stars and now you're shining down on me from heaven. <laughs> we were underneath uh, the stars and now you are a star. Now you um, are a star. Do you have a, a, a score? For I look again, cusp. Cusp okay. of infinity. On the cusping. Cusp. I'm I feel like later on there's going to be ones where I'm like, Infinity 100! And you're going to be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. I really love, I re- I love Underneath the Stars for the, the reasons I've stated in that. I love 
both of the songs either side of it, but I couldn't have them together. Like that would be. Too I, much. I do kind of understand that. That would be too um, much. There would be. But I, you it know, needs a buffer. If they happen to swap it out for buffer. slipping away, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. I um, but all right, track three. This is going to be another doozy. One sweet day, written by Mariah, and of course, Boys to Men and Snuffleupagus. Uh, a US number one and Australian number two Kept off the top spot by George Michael, Jesus to a Child There's a few conflicting stories So I, I sort of gathered everything together and we'll just piece it mm. uh, So Mariah supposedly started this song in memory of David Cole Who had recently yes. passed um, But wanted to get Boys to Men on it Now it turned out that Nathan from Boys to Men had already written a song about a friend who had died in a shooting Mm-hmm so they went on to merge the songs about these two people as well as others that they had lost. Yes. There was sort of a few people in mind. Now, Snuffleupagus claims that this song was actually about Alison, who was very sick at the time. Uh-huh. Um, and Mariah had, was apparently worried that she'd lose her. Now, true or so not... she was writing a song about her being dead. Yes! Crossing her fingers. This is what I... <laughs> this is what I wrote. So I said, I love the idea of Mariah writing a song about Alison's death before she's even dead. <laughs> <laughs> Like the scene from Scary Movie 3 when Denise Richards is pinned by a truck and tells Charlie Sheen he can't ever have sex again and he tells her to go into the light and starts cramming her eyes shut. That's <laughs> kind of what I'm imagining. No, no, no. Shh, shh, Ellison. You go. Go Walk into towards the light. The light. <sighs> there is no light. You're smothering me with a pillow. Um, <laughs> I've just got a pot of tea here. Do you want a drink? Oh, my God. <laughs> Now, I mean, this song, it had 16 weeks at number one in the US. Yeah. It was knocked off by Celine Dion's Because You Love Me. So I think we know why Mariah doesn't know Celine. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't know her even before, Divas. Um, now, the video was recorded during the recording of the song, as Mariah knew. She just knew that it would be too hard to get everyone in the same room together again. Yeah. Um, but she actually thought that this worked better than a memorial-style video, because that's just bleak, darling. Oh, I know. You know, f- like limousines turning up, you know, like, like the end of Beaches. <laughs> no one wants that in the video. Like, it's hard enough to get through this song without having to watch a funeral. Yeah. Like, it's a hard, difficult song. It's one of those songs that, you know, it was number one for a long time because everyone had someone around yeah. that time that was like, um, and it was sort so, yeah. of not something that was really sung that much about in popular music. I know that um, I'll Be Missing You came out maybe a year later, and that was mm. another big hit. Um, but up until then, I mean, was Pearl Jam's, what was that song? Where, oh, where can my baby be? That song. The Lord took away from me. Last Kiss, is that what it's called? I can remember when I leave this world. Do you not know that song? No. Oh, my God. It's exactly like that. I told um, you, in the 90s, when all my friends were into that kind of music, I was exclusively listening well, to this album. Well, see me too, album. but my sisters, <laughs> my sisters, yeah, my sisters listened to The Pills. Well, see, yeah. I had, my sister and I no longer lived in the same house at this point. <laughs> Um, now, my memories of this song were, it, firstly, how huge it was. I didn't understand. Yeah, because this was legitimately the first album we had in the house, I didn't understand that not every song from every album was as big as this, if that makes sense. I was like, well, of mm. course I'm hearing it everywhere. It's the only album. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, of course, it's number one. I don't know. What are you talking about? Um, so, I was, I was five or six. So, this made me laugh when I was pulling this together. I was five or six years old at the time, and I refused outright to listen to male artists. Oh. I'd, I'd previously enjoyed a bit of Roy Orbison's uh, Pretty Woman and yes. a little bit of Rod Stewart Mercy. and my mum's. Yes. <laughs> Rowl. My mum loved Rod Stewart. What my mum loved Rod Stewart. I don't know. So they, he was, was in the car that? and I, I could... It looks like a, like a bag full of arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's into that kind of thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... But for some reason, after this, I just hated men. I was terrified. I did not like men. I, don't, I still kind of don't, even though I do. Um, yeah. But no men were allowed. I used to question Cher's turn back time, asking mum, are you sure this is a woman? <laughs> <laughs> That's an awfully deep voice. Um, 
And I did like Roxette's the look. It does look like a large penis between her legs. Oh, it's a cannon. Oh, my, my. Oh, it's cannon. Yeah. Um, well, I did. I hadn't seen. I hadn't discovered video hits yet. So it was all by oh, sound. Free video hits. Um, Lord. But I did. I did like Roxette's the look because I thought it was just two women, one with a deeper voice. <laughs> um, so for this song to penetrate my man hating at this period goes <laughs> on to show you being penetrated. Just right. Um, <laughs> By four men. Um, <laughs> goes on. It just shows how good the song is, how good boys to men were. My mum also loved it because she'd sit in the back room listening on headphones like the ones you're wearing. And I would mm. sit on her and just kind of like listen up against it. And <laughs> to this day, I still try to sing all of the ad-libs and the vocals, oh like everyone's Lord, at the same work. time. Yeah, it's no, a lot. It's frankly a, impossible. Like, there are but, five people singing. <laughs> I know. I give it a good crack. I let my other person know that he's out. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so this one does have I sort of... I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even think I know all the words. I, I just still think... Like, I just made them up when I was that age and I keep singing those words. <laughs> um, but yes, for, for many, many, many reasons. This has to be an infinity. I can't not posthumanitize this yeah. song. And you no, know what I, also, I love about it is that it's not like... It doesn't have that kind of, I am reaching for your emotional core the way that, say... All I've ever wanted or hero do like it's like it's actually more melancholic than yeah you would imagine for a song with this subject matter would be yeah. like you imagine like okay we're, we're writing a song about someone who's passed it's gonna like let's go for the full I will always love you just like grab people in the chest and rip their heart out and it's yeah. like it doesn't try to do that it ends up doing that but it yeah. doesn't try to do <laughs> that on as, purpose. well like it's like structurally and melodically it doesn't have that kind of I'm going in hard for your emotions it's it just sort of builds into it and I really like that. I really like that it's not like it is it is a really emotional song, but it's not you know it's not calculated with it, if that makes yes. sense. Yes. Yeah. Like it feels like it accidentally gets to there because of A, the amazing harmonies and B the lyrical content. But yeah, I I mean it's an infinity. I don't even know where we're talking about this. Well, I, um, <laughs> I did find out as well, one of the things I saw was that Boys Man only had about two hours. Yeah. Um, so they were doing this whole thing because, of course, both artists were on top of the world at the time. Yeah, um, huge. And Mariah still is, obviously. But um, <laughs> they, when they did it, it actually sounded more like a Boys to Men song. So they got Mariah to come back in on and her time and, and add some to make sure it was a Mariah it's a Mariah song. Mariah. I, I've seen them live as well. You know, I've seen Mariah, obviously. But I've seen them live in a, like, just like a little club. Um, that's so good. Yeah. Like, their vocals are just terrifying. Like, yeah. Just, I'm just like, just sing anything. I don't even care if I don't know the song. Just keep singing. Yeah. I'm loving fine. this. This is amazing. Do you touch my body? <laughs> <laughs> sing my life. <laughs> All right, smashing through to track four, little mm. open arms, Jonathan Cain and Steve Perry, A Journey cover. Yeah. Now, I have not heard the original. Have you I'm, not? I am not planning to. This oh. is the original for me. Oh, no. I See, I knew this hear. song. Did when you? I heard, yeah, when I first listened to this album, I, like, when it was like, lying. I was like, that open arms? What? <laughs> like it was a moment for me like just you yeah, know you see it there as written on the thing like oh yeah she's doing a song called open arms whatever and then yeah. it's like what oh, no no mariah really? <gasps> i was the same with without you when that started on music yes. box i was like you're not you're not doing one of my favorite songs and smashing it to pieces yeah. oh my god <laughs> how could this be better um <laughs> That's that was my teenage self <laughs> hearing that song. <laughs> like it was, I don't think I heard the rest of the album that night. I think I just, just went. Repeat. I think I pressed the one repeat. Yeah, repeat I just one. listened to Open Arms eighteen times. <laughs> is the original a ballad? Yeah, it is. Uh, All of Journey's a ballad. Like I don't think they have an upbeat song. <laughs> what's the one? What's the big song? 
Don't um, stop believing. That's don't it. That's not stop believing. <laughs> <laughs> Stunning. That was the Glee version. Uh, <laughs> now this one pre auto tune. <laughs> yeah, this one did um, get to number twenty seven in Australia, which was higher than Journey's original forty three. Mm-hmm. So we were still not thinking clearly, but um, still beat Journey. Now, all I ever think about when I think of this song now is. It's created a feud between myself and Australian Idol's Paulini. Is this one of those feuds that she doesn't know she's in? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think she gets news where she is. Um, <laughs> in, isn't no, she in the not. cast? She was in the Bodyguard. No, what's she doing? This week? No, she was nearly somewhere else. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so- <laughs> Because <laughs> of her terrible driving lessons uh. So, no So, back when she was on Idol mm. She sang gold, this song Gold Dress Idol, yes Yes, she, she sang this song and She did not do a great job of it I don't remember much about it, to be honest But she was being critiqued by a dicko this, what, It wasn't it Gold wasn't Dress, gold dress Week no. That was a different week um, But I did try to find this on YouTube And I couldn't. I could only find Gold Dress Now... Um, now what happened was she sung the song, but of course she sang Mariah's version with Mariah's mm. ad libs. Mm. So Dicko I mean, went on to praise this, right? So Dicko went on to praise her for finding a way to sing a, a male vocal song oh, with, in you know a female voice. He'd not heard Mariah's version, so I mean Dicko. we're in a feud because of that. But she stood there. We should be in a feud with Dicko, not with Paulini. No, because she stood there and she took the compliments. Oh, she didn't correct. She wasn't like, oh, I based it on the Mariah version. She was like, thank oh. you. I'm welcome. So, I, See, Marsha should have said something in that point. I mean, yeah, Marsha's It's like that night nice. that everyone got up in um, someone's face about singing No More Drama because they were like, you just didn't sing the melody. And <laughs> Marsha afterwards was like, someone actually doesn't have a melody. <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's She the sang the song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we love Marsha. But yeah, look, if we can get in touch with Marsha to then yell at Paulini, sure. I'm here yeah. for that. Um, cool. But I'm sorry, Paulini, if you're listening. I assume you are. Um, we, we've got beef. Yeah. On that. Um, but yeah, look, this was... Should I, I tell course, her? Like, you know, I'm besties with all of the young divas. Yes, can you? Yeah. I'll, well, I'll pass a message I don't on think... through the meth dealer down the road who sells oh the God, Stop it. Uh, <laughs> She's seriously, she not sprung in Surrey Hills. It's like, what's no, the <laughs> I thought I thought you were cur- calling her that. Um, no. But I was going to say, I know you know the Ricky Lee, but I don't think she knows the others. Oh, my God. Um, that was that was one of the best moments at her wedding because well, I, I did a stand-up <laughs> set at Ricky Lee's, one oh of Ricky Lee's God. weddings. Um, yeah, you I weren't said, invited to the second one. <laughs> <laughs> not after the jokes I told on the first one. Um, and I was like, look, I know... What you're all thinking, uh, where are the rest of the Young Divas tonight? Um, and it's not that they're not invited. It's just that Ricky's parents can't afford that much of a buffet. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's rich coming from ass as well. <laughs> Did I tell you once when, when um, gorgeous, gorgeous Malboy took over for Ricky Lee and then she was um, promoting her solo stuff for the first time i was like oh my god like how is it feeling being on your own now like after being with the divas um i went i guess at least now you get to eat your own food uh and she goes oh who told you that they stole all my food i went no one you just did and i love you for it (laughs) oh my god But for so our cute. for our um, US listeners, the Young Divas were a group created, like self created, really, of yeah. of ex Australian Idol people. Yeah, so um, it was like one doing covers direction. of Donna Donna Summer. Oh, you, it was exactly like exactly One Direction. Like One Direction. If One Direction <laughs> were all very tall women, and <laughs> they sang exclusively covers of eighty slash ninety Stock Aitken and Waterman hits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god! They were all, and they, uh, we should add, they were all fantastic singers. They were all, like, like yeah, they've just all gotten. You have never trouble. heard four women rip into Laura Branigan's Gloria in such a magnificent <laughs> way before. Um, oh. Flashdance, what a feeling! Like they sang every song they sang was 
bona fide camp classic oh, before yeah. they recorded it. And they just went, yeah, we'll turn the camp up to 20. Yeah, <laughs> okay, but back to Mariah. Oh, how did we <laughs> end up in Young Deep as well? Because this I'm having fun. a feud with Paulini for singing oh, Mariah's right. version of the song and taking credit. <laughs> credit! Um, but I mean... Gonna, I should warn everyone that this is going to end up being two episodes to talk about this Most one likely. I know, we're only <laughs> up to track four. <laughs> Okay, now, <laughs> so I I feel like for this one, perhaps there is a lot of, of love and nostalgia attached. Mm. I, I don't know if I could give this a score um, subjectively. So I've just gone straight to another Poshfinity. Yeah, it has to be. How can it not be? Exactly. Like, it's the best. Yeah, it's so good. It, and it was like, you kind of got the impression that, you know, I reckon the record company were like, oh, we need another without you. We need sure. another hot rock song from the 70s that you've turned into uh, an amazing ball-busting vocal performance by Mariah Carey. And she's got, yeah, i got heaps in my, up my sleeve. Yeah, Don't hang worry on. about it. <laughs> I'm going to Patricia's attic. Hang on. Um. <laughs> what else did I sing better than my mum? <laughs> All right, on to track five, Always Be My Baby, written by Mariah, Jermaine Dupree, or Jamesh, and Manuel Seal. Number one in the US, number 17 in Australia, what were we thinking? Oh, you know, we're we're very busy with weirdness, like Silverchair's freak. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Now, there actually wasn't a lot of tea or shade behind the scenes of this song. Um, That is amazing. Which is crazy, but um, we do have a video directed by Mariah. Mm-hmm. So we've got tire swing Raya over a lake. There's yes. a camp narrative in both uh, uses of that <laughs> word. Um, there are two kids sneaking out to meet Bonfire Raya. Um, other people are there. The kids mm. also have swings, but not good ones like Mariah. Well, the light is um, terrible on their swings. I yes. can tell you that for free. The kids jump into the lake, kiss, and we're left to assume that they drowned as they never resurfaced. <laughs> um, <laughs> I rewound it like three times to see. No, they don't. Okay. They, they are dead now. Um, and Mariah is swinging over their corpses. <laughs> And then, of course, we had the remix video with Debrat and Escape, which we have touched on a little, but we had the recording studio environment. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, oh, it was the French fries episode, if anyone's wondering. Yeah. Um, now, Mariah looks cute in her little hat. There is some behind the scenes bits, card that. games, right? It's on the cover of the, um, of the, the single as well. Um, yes. And one of Mariah's dogs swims, but she does show it resurface, so it didn't drown. Um, <laughs> Because she likes the dogs more than the children. Um, oh, my God. And there's also a cat, too. So I was like, it's probably one of Morgan's. She probably rescued. <laughs> That's right. She carted those cats all over the place. I know. Bless They're probably still around. Yeah. Um, they live forever, cats. <laughs> yeah. They really do. Um, <laughs> ain't that right? Um, <laughs> now... What are your thoughts on the Always Be My Baby? Well, again, this is one of those songs that I like. I think it's very sweet and cute. Um, but it has great remixes. Sure. Like, I love the Debrat Escape remix. Um, even more now that I know the history of it. And this is another one with a great David Morales, like, unza, unza, unza version. Um, You'll always be my baby, yeah. Used to be man, maybe it was a bonnet. Like you're just like, is this even the same song? Like I know they're the lyrics, but what is going on with this driving like delivery? It's awesome. Um, so yeah, this is another one of those ones that I love even more outside of its its place on the album. But it's uh, yeah, it's a it's it's one of those songs that when you hear the opening refrain in a shop, you're like, oh. <gasps> Oh, it's Mariah. Mariah. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's Mariah. Yay. <laughs> Look, I have to say, I feel like I've got a similar um, relationship with it in that I've always loved it. Yeah. Um, it's it's a sing-along. It's that, you know, it's the one that if you were at a Mariah song with someone who maybe didn't know that many Mariah songs, they would know this they song. They would know this song. Um, but it feels, it goes a little bit into um, Dream Lover 
territory for me, which is where I really love it, but I don't go back to it that often. And it doesn't quite hit the highs of fantasy or visual so love. So you've got to really immerse yourself in the 84 different remixes. So yeah. That when you I'm writing these down as we When go. you resurface and hear the original, you're like, yes, I do love it, but I love all the others. Like, again, sure. it's that thing. She's so good at writing a song that is so robust that it can take various kinds of vocal treatments and production styles and different instruments and just that song always still is there like it's you know how sometimes a pop song is so much in the production and so much in the vocal delivery that if you change a little bit of it like if you were for instance trying to have a crack at it at karaoke where they transpose everything to a bizarre key that no one can sing in (laughs) (laughs) so everyone sounds like cats wailing um that it just like some really flimsy pop songs fall apart yeah sure when you try to you know, like, for instance, a lot of those stuck open on Watermans. Um, <laughs> I know. It's so interesting, isn't it? A lot because of those some... early, early Kylie's are difficult to do anything with. Yeah. But then it's funny because some of them that seem so throwaway, like Never Too Late, which is actually one of my favorites of that era. Yeah. Oh, my God. The that's Abbey Road the, Session that's version. That's one of the most robust ones. Wow. Like, like yeah. it's better the other way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I, I was never a fan of when she did like Better the Devil as a jazzy kind no. of, nope, I no. need pop Better the Devil You Know. Thank yeah. you very much. And again, uh, Better the Devil You Know is all about that that piano. And it's like yeah. when that's taken out of it, it's like, what is even this song? <laughs> <laughs> and because her vocals are, you know, kind of, she sings in her own made up key. <laughs> I know, she really it's like one it's like I no one else can sing here just sing. <laughs> this is why I say Kylie's songs are not easy to sing they are not easy to sing because of that fact it's like like it's like Abba's songs are impossible to sing because they had a particular alchemy in their voices like their yes their their harmonies it sounds like they're singing just the same but there's just like a real slight change between their voices that is just like this really delicate harmony so. It, it always sounds terrible when anyone else has a crack at it. Yeah. Like the entire Mamma Mia movie. Um, oh <laughs> it goes very glee, doesn't it? Everything goes glee. Like if you, I, I, I'm sure some idiot's done it, but I would love to watch Mamma Mia and someone's just dubbed over the original Abba songs. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. I, I, would wa- I haven't would. watched it, but I would watch that. <laughs> Absolutely, so good because they had such a beautiful harmony in their voices. But this is Except what I love for about Cher. Mariah. Cher has to stay. <laughs> Fernando. <laughs> this is what I love about Mariah is that she has a voice that means she could technically sing a song that is unable to be replicated if she wanted to sing some flimsy songs and just be all about the vocals. Yeah, but she writes such a great pop song that. You can, like, even, like, she can twist and turn and muck around with it to the point where you're like, this is still the same song and it's still great. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love Always Me My Baby for that, for being so robust. Um, I love a robust. Uh, and being able to be turned into three other things and still be that song. I so what it. would your little score? It's on the cusp of infinity. Okay. Again, so I, because I love the... Externals sure. more than the original. So I gave this one an infinity minus. So it's a similar, <laughs> a similar thing. It's just not quite there, but I do probably like it more than um, Dream Lover. Yeah. So it had to be slightly above that, but not as high as Fantasy. It's a whole thing. It's a whole it does thing. make sense. In I my love head. that you have a scale. I just, I like do. I really what do. What I'm feeling <laughs> in that very moment. <laughs> Um, all right, track six, which maybe will be the final of this part one. Well, this is the end um, of the vinyl side one. So this yes, is uh, where perfect. we'll have to end. Yes. <laughs> um, track six, I Am Free, written by Mariah and Snuffleupagus. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing I wrote about this was it's sad knowing that really she wasn't free. No. At the time. So listening to the lyrics, it's like, oh, how powerful. Oh, actually... No, this was a good album or two before you were free. Yeah. So it's a little Although bit the, like... you know, ooh. she was kind of... She'd put the crowbar in there and had jimmied open the boot That's a little bit. That's true. Yeah. 
she, just just she, enough to sneak ODB in. Yeah, she could. She, she had like a bit of air coming into the boot where she was chained up. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> now this was one. I, there wasn't any behind the scenes goss on this one, but um, this is one I always enjoyed. But never, I never really go back to it. Mm. And I actually think, just listening to it again last night, I was like, you know what? I think this is what if it's over should have been. Yes. Because it does have that Carol King vibe. I was about to say the exact same thing. Because it's like Carol King, but a little more stripped back Mm -hmm. and a little more Mariah twist. It's gospel-y without being gospel. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it touches on things without shoving it down your throat. Yeah. And it's fine sometimes. And I know it feels like it's not... um, you know, knowing what her life was like at that time, but it is beautifully aspirational, and it is really, yeah. it is really. It was inspiring. probably her dreaming about what yeah. that would be like. It is really inspiring when you listen to it. Like the the lyrics are, you know, and and looking at her situation, it does it kind of because it sounds like you know a song about being on the other side of a terrible situation. You kind of now realize, oh. She was writing about wanting to be on the other side of a terrible yeah. situation, like, like so. She's singing. She's even singing aspirationally, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really love this song. It's really sweet. It's it's, and yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's exactly what if it's over would have been. Yeah. If that album had been allowed to gestate a little longer than three minutes. Yes. Like, pump out a new album now! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carol King has half an hour. Get it done. <laughs> Although there are touches to this song that feel like the worst excesses of her work with Walter Afanasiev, which sure. is, you know, I feel like he just has, like, you know, for a long time they, you know, their songs they wrote together were always my favourites. Um, but now, here, you know... Seven months later, after this came out, <laughs> in the yes, Mariah, I'm still I'm seven in the Mariah no. timeline. Um, <laughs> it just feels like those songs have sometimes there's like a level of yeah, just like by the numbers. I think like Walter yeah, Afanasi have kind of went by the numbers a bit, and any kind of inspiration, you know. Once upon a time, I probably would have been uncharitable and gone, oh, Mariah just turns up and sings a little bit and then writes three words and then claims she's half written and half produced it. Sure, yeah, one word, one third. uh, But now I go, I think he was holding her back from doing her best work. Sure. By trying to please Tommy and trying to please the label and do things in the most straightforward and commercial way possible. So, yeah, I'm... I, I don't know, reading this book has kind of made me reframe some of my favourite Mariah and uh, Walter compositions and go, the good bits of that song are all hers and the, the good bits are all him. <laughs> I mean, rock in a hard place, I suppose. <laughs> you know, if that's what he was being paid to do, he had probably had to please both of them. Yeah, so, but he was, you know, you know, it's her album, her name's on it. That's like, true. Like, do what she says, not him. But I, th- I think he's just like a little bit, you know, just a bit limited. Like there's... Yeah, I would say there are definitely times that I've... There's been certain songs that I go, oh, this isn't my favourite. Oh. Oh. There's the Snuffleupagus. Yeah. And even though they wrote Underneath some amazing the songs. songs together, <laughs> just occasionally whenever there's one that feels a bit like, oh, this could have been amazing... You're like, yeah, but he's got his plotting bloody 50 stuff here going on. Oh, yeah. that comes back in <laughs> spades in a few songs. It does indeed. <laughs> All right. So for this one, I thought it's not it's not an infinity, It's not, it's, but it's not an underneath the stars. So I went somewhere in the middle and gave it a 4.25. Yeah, I reckon it's like four and a half. It's, okay. it's, it's a decent song, but there are better songs on this album. Yeah. And there are much better songs to come.
good. So All right. excited for side two. So this this does. It brings us to the end of side one. Yes. Um, but I am very excited for side two where I think we may experience a, a second triple DP. <gasps> In, oh my in God. a few songs' time. Um, well, I'm turning so, over the vinyl now, but it may be a yes. few days before anyone else gets to hear it. <laughs> 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 All right. Bye, Lamely. Bye.